hello, my name is Meg. Welcome to the Unedited Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. The goal of this podcast is to help you both develop and enjoy the habit of daily Bible reading and prayer. About 20 years ago, at a very low spot in my life, I was convicted to begin this simple discipline, and I looked up years down the road to see how God had used this habit to heal deep places in my heart and do incredible things in my life. And so over the years, it's really become my greatest passion to help others get to know Jesus through His Word and through His presence. Through this podcast, I'm hoping to help you see the Word of God with fresh eyes, to learn to slow down with your Bible, and ultimately to fall in love with your Bible. So thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so glad to have you here. Today, I am going to talk about filling up to pour out, and I'm going to share an unedited journal entry called Give or Get. And this has just really been in my spirit this week. Kind of a simple concept, but just a fresh reminder of the necessity of filling up, why we fill up, and the power and what's produced in our life by pouring out. And so, On the filling up side of things, I just wanted to remind us that one of the reasons, and this is just one of the reasons, we have the habit of Bible reading and prayer is to fill up. And I would refer you back to episode two. There was a list that we talked about that we went over as to why we read the Bible. But consuming spiritual food is such a massive part of why we establish this habit in our lives. We read to feed. Just like our bodies need food, our spirits need word. No food, no survival. And that goes for physically and spiritually. When we read our Bibles and pray, we visit the filling station. I always see it like a gas station. This is where we fill up. This is where we stay full of the Holy Ghost. And just like a car can't get anywhere if it doesn't have fuel, we cannot necessarily get anywhere in kingdom work if we don't have fuel in our lives. This is where we pour out our heart to God and it's where he pours his word and his spirit into us. And this is such a massive part of us becoming a channel for him to flow through. And this is not just so that we're full, it's so that we have something to give out. It's so we have something to pour out to those that we come in contact with each and every day. And the more fuel we have, the more full we are, the more we're gonna be able to accomplish and the more we're gonna be able to impact the lives around us. The fuel of the word and of prayer is very simply to fulfill the work of the kingdom ministry has to come from overflow. And when I say ministry, I am not saying somebody who has a license with a particular organization, who has credentials. I believe if we are Christians, we are ministers called to serve those around us and called to minister the gospel to those we come in contact with. But it's so easy for each one of us to try to do the work of the kingdom or even the work of our lives with no spiritual calories coming in. And we attempt to work in our own capabilities, in our own strength, in our own ingenuity, our own charisma, 
But Jesus so plainly said, if you're not connected to me, you can't do anything. He said, apart from me, you can do nothing. And so when it comes to this concept of filling up to pour out, there's really spiritual or physical concepts where we see an application in the spiritual, the concept of income and outgo. Financially, if we spend more than we make, we have debt. Physically, if we consume more calories than we expend, we get fat. And this is something we see in the spiritual as well. Sometimes we live from a place of spiritual debt and we expend more energy serving the kingdom of God than we took in. And we end up again with this spiritual deficit. We burn out because we poured out, but we never replenished. Or we didn't replenish at the rate of our expenditure. Or on the other side, sometimes we consume, 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 and never pour out. And we end up spiritually unhealthy because we're not serving. We're not working. And so it is double-sided. It's got to be this constant daily replenishment, daily bread. But then us expending the energy we get from that daily bread into the lives of those we meet. And so very simply, again, just a reminder that Bible reading and prayer is where we're filled. Moses said it in the Old Testament and Jesus quoted him, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds forth out of the mouth of God. And again, once we're filled, we have to take very seriously the call of God to live out a life of service. We are called to live a life of pouring out to those around us. And what does pouring out look like? I just have four kind of categories I want to talk on when it comes to pouring out. And pouring out is going to look a little bit different every day. First of all, pouring out is serving God in all the roles that God has placed us in to the very best of our ability. There's a couple of verses that talk about this in the Bible. Ecclesiastes 9.10 says, Whatsoever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. And Colossians 3.23 says, Whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. If we are butchers, if we're bakers, if we're candlestick makers, if we're moms, if we're dads, if we're an employee of a business, if we're pastors, if we're waitresses, if we're teachers, whatever we are, we are called to work and pour out in that place like Jesus is our boss and like the people we are serving are Jesus himself. We do our very best wherever we are. Where God has placed you was specifically designed by him. So we do our very best where we are. Secondly, pouring out is serving in small, unnoticed, and seemingly insignificant ways. Pouring out is becoming a servant. Our call in the kingdom is not to be a somebody. It's not to be a recognized name. It's not to have a role or a title or a position. It is to be a servant. And when God does place us in a role or put a title on our door, it is only to take us further into the role of servant. Serving in a different way or maybe a greater capacity, but the call of the kingdom is to serve. And I am such a firm believer that when we get to heaven, we're going to be shocked by who is most revered there. The people who are most greatly revered in heaven are going to be servants, they're going to be prayer warriors, they're going to be martyrs. 
they're going to be people who did the difficult work of the kingdom and nobody ever knew they did it. It went unnoticed on earth, but it is noticed in heaven. Heaven celebrates servants. Heaven celebrates those who pour out their supply into others' lives. There's a couple of passages where Jesus talks about this. In Mark 9, he said, If any man desires to be first, the same shall be last of all and the servant of all. And then in Matthew chapter 20, he's talking to the disciples. There, there's a little bit of a conflict or competition going on. And he says, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to be great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. And so many times pouring out looks like serving, looks like doing menial tasks in unseen places. We are called to be servants of the Lord. Number three, pouring out is carrying out the commands of Jesus given to us in the Great Commission. Jesus told his disciples, go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. And so pouring out comes in the form of teaching Bible studies, of opening up and expounding the word of God to people that may have never heard it. It's sharing the gospel with those who have never experienced its power. And lastly, we pour out in worship. We pour out worship to God, even in seasons where worship is painful. And there's many examples of worship throughout the scriptures, but I love what Job said in Job 1.23, he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job worshipped immediately after loss, immediately after devastation. When everything he'd ever had and everyone he'd ever loved is gone in an instant, his wealth, everything, that he had depended upon, the things that gave him status. When it was taken, he still said, blessed be the name of the Lord. And worship sometimes is most powerful when it comes from those seasons where it's difficult. And so again, we pour out in a few different ways, and I'm sure there's many other, but others, but these are just the ones I wanted to highlight today. We pour out by serving to the best of our ability wherever God has placed us, we pour out by serving in small, unseen ways, by being a servant of all. We pour out by carrying out the commands of Jesus in the Great Commission, and we pour out in worship. And what happens when we pour out? When we're emptied, we long for more. The great effect produced in our lives by pouring into others and into, unto God is that we end up having greater hunger for more of God. It's this process of filling up and pouring out, and it makes us wanna fill up again. We recognize our need to fill up, and serving by pouring out increases our desire to be refilled and fuels our spiritual hunger. Today's unedited entry is about two different people with two different perspectives, 
and you can read the stories that I'm going to reference in Matthew chapter 26. Today's unedited journal entry is called Give or Get. Give or Get. This morning, as I was reading Matthew 26, I was struck by the beauty of the lavish offering lavished on Jesus in verse 7. There came unto him a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment and poured it on his head as he sat at meat. The disciples call it a waste, but Jesus commends her on several levels. What was a waste to others was called a good work to him. He says, she did it for my burial and proclaims that because of her sacrificial, fragrant, potentially scandalous generosity, she will be memorialized forever. He states that her story of this shocking moment would be told always. Wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this that this woman hath done be told for a memorial of her. That's pretty incredible. I've heard many a sermon on this story and have personally written about it many times. This is the fulfillment of Jesus' words regarding her unashamed, unabashed, unhindered, unapologetic offering. Her pouring out of what was very precious was noticed and noted by heaven, forever memorialized. This reminds me today of the fact that Jesus sees sacrifice so differently than other onlookers. Other people will mistake your sacrifice, whatever it may be, for ridiculous fanaticism. But to Jesus, it is a good work, and he will mark it down and never forget. Today, what struck me is not only the woman's generosity, but as I continued on in the chapter, I was shocked to notice the contrast between her generosity and Judas' greed. Immediately after Jesus states it will be told for a memorial of her, the Bible continues with, Then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went into the chief priests and said unto them, What will you give me, and I will deliver him unto you? And they covenanted with him for thirty pieces of silver. And from that time he sought opportunity to betray him. Wow! In all caps, with exclamation points. I've done a little Google research and looked into the value of Mary's box and the value of Judas' 30 pieces of silver. The alabaster box of very precious ointment that was broken and given so freely was worth anywhere from $10,000 to $54,000 in current U.S. currency. The value of Judas' silver was valued at $172 to $3,000. She gave many times over what Judas got. She did not think twice. She asked what she could give and thought of her most precious treasure. It probably, according to many writers, equated to her life savings and was probably the defining symbol of her identity. Yet she lavished it all on Jesus. The box was broken. There was no going back or second guessing. She was all in and cared not whether she was giving up security and financial stability or marks of identity. This was what she had to give and she gave it with reckless, shameless abandon. The Bible says she poured it. 
This was not a drop or a trickle or a stream, but this was every last bit of what she had poured out on the one who had changed her life. Judas asked what he could get and was given an opportunity to betray his friend for 30 pieces of silver, a mere fraction of what she gave. The word stated from that time, he sought opportunity to betray Jesus. It is tragic to note that in the end, Judas ended up with nothing. In the garden, he betrays Jesus with a false kiss, and as the chief priests and elders make plans for Jesus' death and tie him up to lead him away, Judas begins to have second thoughts. The 30 pieces of silver he gained didn't seem nearly as valuable as they did a few hours ago. The silver is tarnished and the weight of his actions hang around his neck. Then Judas, which had betrayed him when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned and that I have betrayed innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? See thou to it. And he cast down the 30 pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. He asked what he could get, and his gain was lost and became a hangman's noose. His greed and self-seeking saw his life end unnecessarily in tragedy and his name go down in infamy. She asked what she could give and gave what was very precious. He asked what he could get and momentarily gained a little bag of coins. She asked what she could give and her name was forever memorialized. He asked what he could get and his name was forever infamized. They both walked closely with Jesus one was near him to give, and one was near him to get. Two approaches to Jesus. What can I pour out for you? And what can I get from you? Generosity or greed, what will define my days? So today, just a little reminder to fill up so that we're full of fuel and a reminder that the fuel isn't for us. It's so that we have something to offer those around us. It's something that we have to give back to God and something to give to others. There's a little line. I don't even know where I heard this. I have it memorized. It might be from a little devotional I've memorized or memorized, read many times, but it says this. I Googled it. I can't find it. It says, pour out what thou hast from thy little store, and from his endless bounty, God will give thee more. Let's live to give. Let's live full. Let's not live to get. For a full life, pour out. Thank you so much for joining me for this journey. I look forward to meeting up with you again next Friday. If you have questions or to download a typed or a handwritten transcript of today's entry, you can visit meganedited.com. For now, go grab your journal and your Bible. I look forward to the power of this habit in your life. This is unedited. This is for you. Happy Friday.